Good morning and welcome to St. Thomas Episcopal Church. Today is October 4th, 2020, and we will celebrate together morning prayer, right to which you can find in the attached bulletin. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, to set forth his praise, to hear his holy word, and to ask, for ourselves and on behalf of others, those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation. And so that we may prepare our hearts and mind to worship him, let us kneel in silence with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by his infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. By what we have done, and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. Lord, open our lips, and our mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Jubilate, Psalm 100. Be joyful in the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness, and come before his presence with a song. Know this, the Lord himself is God. He himself has made us, and we are his. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, and call upon his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his faithfulness endures from age to age. Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. One day tells its tale to another, and one night imparts knowledge to another. Although they have no words or language, and their voices are not heard, their sound has gone out into all lands, and their message to the ends of the world. In the deep he has set a pavilion for the sun, it comes forth like a bridegroom out of his chamber. It rejoices like a champion to run its course. It goes forth from the uttermost edge of the heavens and runs about to the end of it again. Nothing is hidden from its burning heat. The law of the Lord is perfect and revives the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure and gives wisdom to the innocent. The statutes of the Lord are just and rejoice the heart. The commandment of the Lord is clear and gives light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean and endures forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, more than fine gold, sweeter far than honey, than honey in the comb. By them also is your servant enlightened, and in keeping them there is great reward. Who can tell how often he offends? Cleanse me from all my secret faults. Above all, keep your servant from presumptuous sins. Let them not get dominion over me. Then 
shall I be whole and sound and innocent of a great offense. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Exodus. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above, or that is on the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. For six days you shall labor and do all your work. Honor your father and your mother, so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or male or female slave or ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. When all the people witness the thunder and lightning, the sound of the trumpet, and the mountain smoking, they were afraid and trembled and stood at a distance and said to Moses, You speak to us and we will listen, but do not let God speak to us or we will die. Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid, for God has come only to test you and to put the fear of him upon you so that you do not sin. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Canticle 9, the first song of Isaiah. Surely it is God who saves me. I will trust in him and not be afraid. For the Lord is my stronghold and my sure defense, and he will be my savior. Therefore, you shall draw water with rejoicing from the springs of salvation. And on that day you shall say, Give thanks to the Lord and call upon his name. Make his deeds known among the peoples. See that they remember that his name is exalted. Sing the praises of the Lord, for he has done great things, and this is known in all the world. Cry aloud, inhabitants of Zion. Ring out your joy, for the Great One in the midst of you is the Holy One of Israel. Glory to the Father and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Philippians. If anyone else has reason to be confident in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, a member of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Yet whatever gains I had, these I have come to regard as loss because of Christ. More than that, I regard everything as loss because of that surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things, and I regard them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, 
not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but one that comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his suffering by becoming like him in his death, if somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Beloved, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but that this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Canticle 12. Glorify the Lord, all you works of the Lord. Praise him and exalt him forever. In the firmament of his power, glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. Let the earth glorify and praise the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. Glorify the Lord, O mountains and hills that grow upon the earth. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. Glorify the Lord. O springs of water, sea and streams, O whales and all that move in the waters, all birds in the air, glorify the Lord, praise him and highly exalt him forever. Glorify the Lord, O beasts of the wild and all you flocks and herds, O men and women everywhere, glorify the Lord, praise him and highly exalt him forever. Let us glorify the Lord, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, praise him and highly exalt him forever. In the firmament of his power, glorify the Lord, praise him, and highly exalt him forever. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen.
A reading from the Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said, listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he leased it to tenants and went to another country. When the harvest time had come, he sent his slaves to the tenants to collect his produce. But the tenants seized his slaves and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again, he sent other slaves, more than the first, and they treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and get his inheritance. So they seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. Now when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? They said to him, He will put those wretches to a miserable death and lease the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at harvest time. Jesus said to them, Have you never read the scriptures, the stone that the builders rejected, has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is amazing in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that produces the fruits of the kingdom. The one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, and it will crush anyone on whom it falls. When the chief priests and Pharisees heard his parables, they realized he was speaking about them. They wanted to arrest him, but they feared the crowds because they regarded him as a prophet. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I watched the, the debate last night, the presidential debate. I was so excited. It was kind of like a big sporting event. I was all geared up. I'd put the kids to bed, and I was not prepared for the garbage fire that was to follow. I don't know if you were able to tune in, but it was chaos. It was unsettling. It was disappointing. It was disappointing to see, um, to see us descend into the mire like this. And I was looking forward to the debate. I was looking forward to hearing, you know, I, I wanted to see some of that fighting, but I wanted also to hear something of the views of the candidates. I wanted to hear a discussion, real discussion, talking back and forth, especially around the Supreme Court. I'm so caught up in the Supreme Court, and I think it's caught up in our, um, maybe our national zeitgeist and the national conversation, because the Supreme Court matters. I think we can all understand this. Maybe within your home, uh, your parents kind of are the ultimate authority. 
Maybe uh, mom is the head authority figure for a lot of homes. And then you kind of have these concentric circles that go out and then you have maybe your local police officers, then maybe your state government, and then maybe kind of the federal government. But, it's, but this one thing that we hold kind of at the highest level is the Supreme Court. As a nation, I think we look up to these justices and say these are the ones that make the ultimate decisions, the decisions that affect our lives most practically. And any lesser ruling can always go up. It can always get to that level, right? There's always the potential, but it doesn't go any higher. They are the supreme voice for the consciousness for America. They are the ones who decide what is the law. And there's power in that. And perhaps there's some safety in that as well. I've heard somebody say that children need fences. Like at a playground, children will go to the very edge of the playground and play right up against the fence. But when you remove the fences, kids don't really know where the boundaries are and how far they can go. And so we need those fences in our lives, those boundaries, those walls, so that we can know how far to take things and not. Laws are important because they tell us how far we can go what we can do, how we can live our lives in ways that are safe and healthy and good. Laws are important. Laws are real. When Moses led the, the Israelites out of Egypt, the first thing he does is he begins to give them laws. Okay, now we're creating a new nation, a nation that doesn't yet have a home, a nation that has just left slavery in Egypt, oppression, violence, fear, and now we're wandering through the desert, but how are we going to live? How are we going to create the barriers and the boundaries between our families, between neighbors, so that we can live abundant lives, so that we can care for each other, so that our society can run, so that we know the boundaries of the playground? And God is speaking to Moses in this great, you know, cloud of fire and there's lightning and it's terrifying and there's rumbling and earthquakes the rocks are shaking and the Israelites are terrified and God gives Moses these commandments he says these are the laws these are the supreme laws the supreme voice the ultimate law this is from the very voice of God thou shalt not covet thou shalt not murder Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not take the Lord's name in vain or have other gods before me. He lays out these laws. And now we know as a society, how are we supposed to live? But of course, after God goes away, of course, then we begin to see nuance. Well, we're not supposed to steal, but define stealing. Is stealing, what if I just borrow something without someone's knowledge and return it later? You know, then we begin to get into the need for lawyers and litigation. We need to get into the nuance of what does it mean to covet? What does it mean to take the Lord's name in vain? And then we see later in the story, especially in the book of Leviticus and Numbers, we start to see some of those laws expanded. What does it mean? But they're all summed up neatly in these 10 commandments, in these 10 laws. And they boil down even smaller into these two laws. They can all be framed within 
uh, relationship to God, like thou shalt not covet other gods before me, thou shalt not take the Lord's name in vain, thou shalt uh, observe the Sabbath. And then there are, so those are laws that govern how we know God, how we stay in relationship with God. And then the others are laws of how we stay in relationship one to the other. That we, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, or house, or goods, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not murder. Those are how we live in relationship one to the other. And when Jesus is confronted and said, what are the two laws? What are the, what's the law? When they, when they come to Jesus and say, okay, Jesus, you're the authority. You say you speak on behalf of God. You say you speak from the very wisdom of God. Then what is the law? Then how are we supposed to live? And he says, look, you already know it. It was given to you way back at Mount Sinai by Moses, by the very voice of God. You know it, to love the Lord your God and to love your neighbor as yourself. You know the law even with all the nuance, with all the sub-laws, with all the infighting. But the reason why we have these laws, the reason why we have the Supreme Court is because there is some final truth. There is some final truth in American society. There is some final truth about, about murder. And that's decided by the Supreme Court. There is some final truth of how we live. And we believe that's rooted in our experience of God. And I think this is important. Because what I'm hearing in the chaos of the debates last night, oh my gosh, what I hear on social media, and the social dilemma, and what I hear in news... What I see uh, as propaganda coming from foreign aggressors like the Russians who are just pumping disinformation out into the world. What I hear about from conspiracy theorists online like QAnon who have some perverse view of the world and they've created this kind of cult following uh, of conspiracy theories, of, of such twisted lives that are so aggrieved and aggressive. What I hear in all this noise is there is no truth. That there is no reality. That all of a sudden everything becomes fake news. And everything has become twisted. And no one carries that standard any longer. But there is truth. There is a reality. The QAnon is not right. The Russian disinformation is not the end all. But for us as Christians, we're not finding it on Facebook and on Twitter or through the media or through the news that we consume. We don't find our ultimate truth even in the Supreme Court. We find our supreme law rooted in God through our experience of Jesus Christ, through our faith in him as our Lord and Savior, through our trust in his resurrection and that we are participants of resurrection life, and through the hope 
that Christ will come again. There is truth. I'll say it again. But we find it rooted not in our social media, not on Facebook or Twitter, on the news that we consume. We find it in God through Jesus Christ, his son. There's a second reading today from Philippians. And this is, I think, the essence of what Paul is trying to say. That Paul is preaching to a group that is being flooded by misinformation. He's being flooded by, he's speaking to a community that has all these different competing arguments and philosophies and theologies of what is God and, and what are the pantheon of gods. And, and maybe everyone has their own God and maybe everyone has their own household God. And Paul is saying there is a truth. And he's saying, look, I followed the law. I followed the law that was given down to Moses and to the Israelites. To the letter, I followed the law as it grew and as it expanded through Numbers and Leviticus. I followed the law as it was expanded over a thousand years and and given to my descendants and ancestors. I followed the law of the Supreme Court, the Sanhedrin. I was a Pharisee among Pharisees a Hebrew among Hebrews. I persecuted the church. And as as to righteousness under the law, he says, I was blameless until I experienced the real truth, the ultimate truth, that there is a God and we experience him only through his son, Jesus Christ. And when I realized that truth, everything else is transformed. My old life, following that law was gone. There is one truth, Paul says, and it is in Jesus Christ. And he says, as a matter of fact, I regard everything as a loss, everything before that as a loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ. Everything I knew beforehand is meaningless compared to this new experience of Jesus. For his sake, I have suffered loss of all things. Paul will go on later to say, I've been shipwrecked, I've been arrested, I've been beaten, I've been flogged, I've been mocked, I've been tortured. And Paul will even be killed. I've suffered great things in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. And he says, and all those sufferings are worth it to know God in the most deep, in the most rich, in the most fullness. And I find that through my faith in Christ, the righteousness from God comes to me through my faith. And in that, I share in his resurrection. And this is our ultimate truth, friends. They were not going to find all the answers in the Supreme Court, no matter who is installed or when. It is There is a truth, and we're not going to find it in whoever's elected as president of the United States. There is a truth, and we're not going to find it in whoever's elected senator in the state of Alabama. There is a truth, and we're not going to find it in this world. We're going to find it in Jesus Christ. We're going to find it through our loving God and loving our neighbors. And that takes humility. That takes humility in saying that I am not the center of the universe and the news I consume is not the fullness of truth and the ideas that my friends have are not whole and complete. It takes humility 
in saying that I, like Paul, am willing to surrender and maybe even suffer all things so that I might know the ultimate truth. And that's available for you. As a matter of fact, God is pleading for you to experience his truth, a truth that brings us resurrection in this life, that gives us abundance now. God would plead with you so much that he would send himself in the form of this man, Jesus Christ, to show you what that truth looks like. Jesus Christ is the supreme law, the ultimate voice of God. Amen. The Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Show us your mercy, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O Lord, in all the world, for only in you can we live in safety. Lord, keep this nation under your care and guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let not the needy, O Lord, be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor to be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and sustain us with your Holy Spirit. Almighty and everlasting God, you are always more ready to hear than we to pray and to give more than we either desire or deserve. Pour upon us the abundance of your mercy, forgiving us those things of which our conscience is afraid and giving us those good things for which we are not worthy to ask, except through the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. O God, you make us glad with the weekly remembrance of the glorious resurrection of your Son, our Lord. Give us this day such blessing through our worship of you that the week to come may be spent in your favor. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, in you we live and move and have our being. We humbly pray you so to guide and govern us by your Holy Spirit 
that in all the cares and occupations of this life, we may not forget you, but remember that we are ever walking in your sight through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, you stretched out your arms of love on the hard wood of the cross that everyone might come within the reach of your saving embrace. So clothe us in your spirit that we, reaching forth our hands in love, may bring those who do not know you to the knowledge and love of you for the honor of your name. Amen. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, your unworthy servants, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for your immeasurable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. You have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O Lord, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia.